This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it on this 17th day of January. Uh, we look forward to celebrating our God and worshiping him as we continue on uh, looking to begin this year, walking with our Lord and trusting him to keep us and sustain us. And so if you can join me, we'll be in the Old Testament book of Psalms. Um, you can also log on. Those who can share the link with others for Facebook or YouTube and share, like, subscribe. Also, you can donate online as well as we continue to meeting remotely uh, through the app, also through Zion's website. And also you can text to give with through the app process as well. And so we're going to open up with a word of prayer and just thank God for this day. Thank God for just another opportunity to be in his presence and to worship him uh, where we are remotely in our place. So whether you're driving, you might be at home, uh, wherever you are, we want to welcome God into this moment, surrender to him in his spirit, and allow him to speak to us, guide us, and direct us as we look into his word. Let us pray. Gracious Father, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us this one more time uh, to be in your presence. We thank you for how great is your love, your grace, your mercy towards us. Father, fill us up with your spirit. Father, remove anything, Lord, that is not of you so that we can have more of you. Uh, Father, we ask you to continue to bless and comfort many of us who are going through different diverse trials and tribulations, times of grief, uh, time of mourning. Uh, we ask for comfort and healing, fighting diseases and ailments uh, and going through therapy. Lord, we ask you for strength and healing. And Father, Lord, we are wrestling uh, with the wicked schemes of the enemy. We tr thank you for the power and the strength we have through your spirit. And so, Father, we just humbly come before you seeking your grace, your mercy. Uh, forgive us, Lord, for our sins, knowingly, unknowingly, almighty God. Reveal to us our hidden faults uh, so they will not have mastery over us, uh, that we might walk in obedience according to your will. Father, right now we are praying that as we listen to your word and read your word, that we will hear your truth, that our hearts will turn closer to you. And that, Father, Lord, that we might see Jesus by having your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. Again, good morning. Welcome to our time of worship. Thank you for joining us We're from wherever you are. Uh, we look forward to blessing you, encouraging you through the preaching and teaching of God's um, word. Again, this message and you're enjoying your time with us, continue to subscribe, share uh, this link with others so that they, too, can be blessed and encouraged. Uh, so we look into our, our Bible today in the Old Testament into Psalm. Uh, we're going to look at the first number of Psalm today and we're going to talk about how we want to grow in righteousness and know the benefits of righteousness. As we look at this text, as we're talking about this new year and how we we can make sure we can have a better year by making sure we're walking with Christ. I want to encourage you to understand that God is with us no matter what we're going through. We'll go through diverse trials and tribulations. We'll have hardships. We'll have some ups. We'll have some downs. But it does not change how much God loves us, cares for us, 
and it will forever be with us. And so with that, what is our response to his love, his care, uh, to his great grace and mercy uh, towards us? And that's what we're going to kind of look at today about our faithfulness, our fidelity to the word of God, because our God is forever faithful. Our God, hallelujah, never changes. Our God loves us unconditionally, and we thank him for that. and We praise him and we bless him uh, for that. And so there's a blessing. And just obedience. Uh, we learned that obedience is better than sacrifice, as the prophet Samuel tells to Saul when he was rebelling against God. We understand that if we can just trust God, there's benefits in living uh, in righteousness. And so we want to talk about how we want to have enjoyment in this right relationship with God. First, let me point out that we are only right because God calls us right. We can't work. To become righteous, we work because we are righteous, because he calls us righteous is because we call on Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Once we come to know the son of God as our Lord and Savior, then we want to grow in righteousness. We want to be like him. We want to follow him and be his disciple. That means we sit under his teachings. We want to grow in wisdom and spirit and knowledge and in power. So this requires for us to be teachable. It requires for us to be kind of green and applicable like a plant that we can grow. And, and how does a plant grow? A plant needs water uh, to grow. And so therefore, when we have good water, we have good nutrients, right? We look green, but a plant that's lacking nutrients, that's lacking that health, that vitality, it turns brown. And so we want to make sure that we are growing, we're staying green, we're adding on to our lives and following the instructions, the teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And so once again, we want to walk in righteousness because God has called us to righteousness, not because we have, been, we have worked and made ourselves righteous. We cannot make ourselves right. God makes us right. But since God has made us right by us confessing and believing and surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ, then the benefits of our obedience is what we benefit from. We our inheritance. We receive the blessings of the kingdom of God and the joy of having peace with God. And so when we look at that, right, the psalm, first number of psalm introduces the great book of Psalm. Matter of fact, Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 is kind of like an introductory uh, and setting the themes for the many parts of this uh, psalm. And so the first psalm, along with the second psalm, uh, introduces books. The book can be broken down into three uh, books. Uh, The first book that we're going to deal with right now of Psalm 1's introduction, not only for the first book, but the whole book's uh, of Psalm gives us a theological template of many of the Psalms. The theological template shows that there's a benefit, uh, there's a response that God does to those who call on him, who are faithful to him, who trust him in his word. Then they can trust that God will do what he says he would do. That God in Psalm 2nd is that God is a defender. He's a, he's the Jehovah King, the Lord for his people that protects his people. And so these two themes coming together to know that no matter what I'm going through, I can call on a God that will defend me. No matter what I'm dealing with, I'm serving a God who is righteous and says that he will bless us, who obey his law, who follow his law. He will protect us and be with us. So therefore, I will be faithful to God's law. 
And so Psalm 1 is known as a Torah wisdom psalm. Uh, Torah is the law and wisdom that is kind of a proverb is given us a teaching of how we ought to walk out this righteousness. Um, uh, keeping God's law. There's a blessing in keeping God's law. Help me tell that to your neighbor. There's a blessing in keeping God's law. And so when we look at this psalm, a short psalm, a psalm that you can memorize and have it refreshed upon your mind, Psalm 1. I'm going to read from a New Living uh, translation, and you may hear me use the uh, New International Version as I preach because that's the version I have memorized. But let me do New Living Translation first. It reads this way. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planting along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless shad scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to uh, destruction. And so we look at this, right, opens up with a beatitude, a blessing. Blessed is the man that does not walk uh, and, and does not stand and does not Notice the position of this man is important. I want to highlight that if we want to grow in righteousness, we want to grow in God, we want to benefit from being with him, that we must know my position, where I am, does matter. Uh, you might be familiar uh, with the saying, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and oftentimes that can bear true, but oftentimes that is used as an excuse that where I am and it has become condemnable, I'm looking for a way out. Say, I, I didn't plan to be a part of this, but I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, which points to us that it matters where you are. It matters the company that you keep. Uh, you know the saying, parents oftentimes say it to children, birds of a feather flock together. Uh, you might hear it oftentimes in teaching and education, trying to keep children out of trouble, saying you are guilty uh, by association. And so we understand that not only does my position, but the people I keep company with also matters and counts in how I'm living, how I'm acting. And we need to be mindful that who we are with will influence us indirectly and directly. And so this is the goal of the righteous man. The righteous man who does not stand in, in the way of the sinner, does not sit in the seat of the scornful, and, you know, does not join the way of the markers. And so when we understand that we don't go the way, we don't be a part of the way, we understand we must stand on principle. The righteous man is known by his position. What is your position on something, right? Where do you stand on this? And oftentimes we're hearing the saying now, are you going to be on the right side of history? Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King says it this way, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge 
and controversy. We must understand that where I stand does matter. And definitely in times of of controversy, in times of challenges, it's going to matter. So when it's comfortable, we need to be mindful that it's easy to go with the going crowd. But when we got to stand up against something, when we have to be in opposition, are, are we willing to stand for what we know to be right and do what is right, or are we willing to allow ourselves to be influenced by our crowd and stay in the wrong place and be in the wrong time? The righteous person seeks to be in the presence of God and do what is good. You will know where you are walking, standing, and sitting. It's hard to to say that you are caught by surprise if you're not paying attention to the signs that are around you. Look at the what it says, blessed is he. Blessed he who does not follow the advice of the wicked, to walk in the way. Basically, to walk in the ways, to follow the counsel, to follow the advice. And so we must be mindful of who we are listening to. Are we listening to those who have our best interests in mind? Are we surrounding ourselves, those who will speak truth to us and encourage us to live out this gospel, to live out the righteous kingdom building minds that God calls us to do? Do not follow the advice of the wicked. We need to reject them. We need to abhor them. We need to rebuke them and speak truth and speak life. Know right from wrong and choose to do what is right. We ought to follow what is good and therefore we need to check the people we're hanging around with because if they're up to no good, they're doing no good. And so we must make sure that we can't say, I, I had no clue. I had no idea this is what was going on. We need to be mindful that the people we are hanging around with will also indirectly as well directly influence us. So we want to be about righteous living. We might want to surround ourselves with people who are about righteous living. We ought to follow what is good. Your friends, the crowd, your peers, they do matter. And think about how it happens this way. And many of us, sort of like me, maybe watch those detective shows and, and they're trying to solve a mystery and they, they get them in the room and they ask them the question, where were you in the time of or the day of? Right. So they're trying to find out your position and who you were with. Do you have an alibi? Can somebody verify that they saw you here in this place? Suggesting that even though you say you are here, we understand that something skeptical happened in the position that you were in. Can you have somebody verify that you were not there or you were here and you have a way to get? I want to point out that it matters where you are. It matters. So we need to be mindful that am I in the right place? Am I, is my heart in the right place? Do I have good intentions when I move in the right direction? It's time out for us to blame other people for the mess that we're in where you have a choice to move yourself out of that position. Tell your neighbor your position does matter. So do not stand in the path of sinners. Don't stand in agreement with them. Don't stand in the wrong way, in the wrong direction. Don't get caught up being in the wrong place and dealing with 
wrong judgment because there were people who have bad judgment. Now, we need to be aware that we need to look for the signs. So be aware and pay attention that if it says wrong way, maybe you're going the wrong way. If you're hearing some things that are skeptical, things that seem suspect to you, maybe you might want to check the source of where they're coming from, saying if you're feeling uncomfortable with the people you are with, maybe you should not be with them. I, I wish I could have help, help with somebody out there, my understanding that if, if it feels uneasy, it might not be right. If you're feeling kind of dirty, maybe you need to get out of that situation. I remember times ago as growing up that I understood there's certain parties I just didn't go to because I knew what was going on. I wanted to be in. I wanted to be cool, but I wasn't going to be a fool. So I understood that it's okay just to say no. And them same parties, I heard they are raided and people got liquor license and got ticketed. And part of that, I just realized, thank God I didn't go. I had enough sense to understand I didn't want to be in the wrong place in the wrong time, but the right place was to follow the will of, of God. There's times in my life that I, I took another turn because God says, Sam, you don't want to go that way. I felt uneasy. I felt uh, 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 un, uneasy and didn't feel right. And the, and the Spirit of God, thank you, Holy Spirit, let me know that you can choose to go this uh, direction. There's times I left parties early. I left them at the right time because it was going down south after that. It was a urge upon God to say, Sam, it's time for you to go home. It's getting too late. You need to get on back into your dorm. I'm going to understand that you don't understand that God is looking out for us, but are we submitting and surrendering to His Spirit to say, Lord, Lord, I want to do what is right. I want to follow you and not go down the wrong path, but go down the direction and the position and be in the place you want me to be. I'm hoping helping somebody out there today to understand that there's a blessing in following this God. It removes guilt. It removes shame. It removes I would have, could have, should have. When you know you do what is right, you can wake up refreshed in the morning and say, I'm in the right place in the right time. So don't blame others for your lack of actions and do not because it does not excuse for you not making the right action. Uh, We need to understand that in our proximity, it also makes us complicit in what was going on. Uh, You may not agree with what's going on. You may not support what is going on, but you are there while it's going on. If you have not removed yourself and you're staying there, you are basically participating in your inaction. You're taking action. It cannot be an excuse. So the other part, it says that the blessed man does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Think about it, what it means to sit. Now, in our terminology, right, when we sit, we uh, sit our bottoms down on a chair and incline, but to sit here in the old time is to recline, is to lay down. And so think about how comfortable they are to lay down and be in a position to philosophize and, and talk and counsel uh, with them. And think about how we need to be mindful that we get comfortable with the wickedness and the evil and the darkness and the shameful actions and characteristics that are around us, that we have our morale and our ethic standards have been lowered, that some things that were no longer acceptable have become acceptable. And if you know how cracks work, that once you get one, it's going to spread. And so as soon as we allow one crack open, we start realizing we've got other things sneaking in that we did not know that even came in. So we need to be mindful of what we let in. Uh, 
because what you let in, you may not see the other things that might sneak in. And we know our heart is deceitful and wicked. We talked about that last week. So we'd be mindful that what we let in might grow and fester and might grow into something else and other issues we're going to have to deal with. So be careful of how we let our guard down and we become comfortable and lower our standards and relax and and do not hold things accountable. We do not rebuke and reject the things that are wicked and that are evil. And we allow some humor. Or we allow some things to sneak in that we secretly laugh at, that we feel guilty about laughing at, because we're making ourselves comfortable with things that we know is not right by God, is not honoring God. When we are comfortable in the wicked, these are some red flags. When we get, are comfortable with the wicked, you you are extremely irritated. When you hear someone judging the crowd that you are with, be careful that you are defending people that you cannot defend because somebody just says something that they have observed about their actions. You cannot refute their actions, but you want to get mad about that friend. Be mindful how you find it hard to defend them. So you deflect, you blame others. And this is the last part. The red flag is when you start doing the what about isms. It does not make you right, but instead you indirectly acknowledge what you're doing is wrong by pointing out the wrong of somebody else. You don't deny what you're doing is wrong. You say, well, what about this? And it has nothing to do with what you're addressing, but you don't want to do it. Those are red flags where you cannot address the error. You cannot address the wrong. You cannot address the sin, but you want to deflect and point it to something else and not make it about what the problem really is. Those are red flags. You got some issues and you need to address them. And start realizing that maybe I'm not walking in the path of righteousness. I am sitting in the, with the scornful. I'm in the path of the wicked. I'm walking with un, uh, unrighteous people. We need to watch these red flags, look at these warnings, and look and learn to say, I'm sorry, forgive me, repent, and change our direction. Learn these red flags and turn to Jesus. The righteous seek to know him. And to love him. Look at verse two. It says this. But they delight on the law of the Lord. They meditate on it day and night to know that he is my delight. He is my uh, desire. You need to make a schedule to be in God's word. You got a schedule for everything else. You got a time you watch your TV shows. You got a time you eat lunch. You got a time you go work out. You got a time you go shopping. You got a time you do everything else. Make sure you got time to be in his word. You can set it up that you're going to do it first thing in the morning. I guarantee you there's a blessing just doing the first thing in the morning to spend some time reading his word and meditating on him and being fresh and stayed on him and being prepared for whatever may come your way. Saying, no, I got Jesus. Everything is going to be all right. Send some time in his word before you lay yourself down and, thank, and take some time of prayer and thank him for the day. Thank him for blessing you in this time. Thank you for seeing you through some hardships, some trials, some adverse situations. Situations, and yet you made it back home. You can thank him and spend some time in his word. There's a blessing in God's word. Psalm 19 says it this way. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warning 
to your servant a great reward for those who obey them. Again, what does the word of God do for you? The benefits of the word of God, his law, his commandments, it says it revives the soul, makes wise the simple. The Lord's commandments brings joy to the whole. The Lord is the, the joy, the, the strength of the Lord is my joy. Nehemiah says that the strength of the Lord is my joy. After they read the law, they rejoice by knowing that God is righteous and they are unrighteous, but by his grace and mercy, he brought them back home. The word of God, though it may condemn us and shows us our sin, it gives us joy to know we serve a God that redeems us and calls us his children. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And they are right and more desirable than gold and honey. So his delight is on the law of Lord. He meditates on it day and night. This should be the delicacy that you celebrate and enjoy his word. It is beautiful. It is great. It is blessing, reviving, making you wise, and gives you joy. And because you're feeding yourself on this word, it's feeding uh, your spirit, and therefore you will grow. That's why we get to the comparison, right? In verse 3, it says that he is like a tree planted by the river, planted by the water. And the benefit of this is that in the arid desert, right, you need water. So a tree near the water has immediate access to the water and to the strength. And therefore, it's going to bear fruit in its season, in its time. It's going to bear fruit at the right time in due season, and the leaves never wither. Why? Because it's growing. It's not going to become brown from lack of water, lack of nutrition, but yet because it has access and access to the water, it's going to be prosperous in everything they do. Think about in this verse of three of Psalm, how Jesus says this when he talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from you can do nothing, but with me, all things. Hallelujah. And so we can see that there's a connection that when we are in God, we're in his word, and Jesus is the word, the living word, and so we're in him, we have fruit. We are beneficial. We are bountiful. And here's the beautiful thing, that what we do for the kingdom of God will be successful. What we want, what God calls us to do, he will bless it. And that's the thing that we must understand. We need to be doing his will. We cannot just do whatever we want and say, God bless this mess. But we got to say, Lord, what is your will? What is your desire? And do what is good. Do what is right. But yet the tree that we are, a green tree growing, fruitful, bountiful, full of life, full of endurance, able to withstand an arid desert, knowing that I got access of the water, knowing, thinking about how Jesus told the woman that I will give you living water. We have access to the Holy Spirit, a well of living water inside of us. And so we have access for fruit to be in our lives. When we talked about the quality of our fruit, the bearing, good fruit would be judged by our fruit. And so we want good fruit. We need to get in the word and have the word in us so we can see the fruit, so we can grow in righteousness and live out this will, the will of God. And so this righteousness is compared to a green tree. So a tree planted by the river brink has great access. It thrives and it grows. Its leaves never wither and it grows. It bears fruit in season. And so notice the contrast uh, to the wicked. So we see the blessing of the righteous, what they do. They don't stand in the way of sinners. They don't sit in the seat of scornful. 
or sit in the council of the wicked, but yet uh, they are like a tree planted by the water that meditate on God's words day and night. They see fruit in their lives and grow and grieve. But yet not the wicked. They are like worthless shaft scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So we get a comparison of a green tree to the comparison of a brown shaft. Notice the butt, right? A but basically means what comes afterwards is going to be the opposite. So we want to be what's before the but, the righteous. Blessed are you. But the wicked are like the brown shaft, worthless shaft, basically a shaft. When they will when they will winnow the shaft, they will throw it up in the air and the wind will blow the shaft away. And the wheat, the grain that they wanted, the weightiness will fall down and they restore that. They keep that. They don't care about the other stuff. The wickedness is going to be forget, forgotten, blown away. Verse five says they will be condemned at the time of judgment, basically saying that the righteousness can stand before God, but the wicked will not stand before God. They have no place before God. They'll be blown away before God. And it shows that for God will not be mocked, for he watches the path. He watches our way. He watches how we live. He watches how we work. But the wicked will serve their judgment. They will be judged. You understand, we're going to be judged by our works. Again, you can't work to be saved. You work because you are saved. In response to what God has done for you, we now want to walk and work to do the things that he's called us to do and saved us to do. And no longer living for ourselves as wickedness, but walking in righteousness. And this is why we want to realize how Christ talks about the sheep and the goats, how he will suffer. There's going to be a separation when Christ comes back. But while we're waiting for him to come back, may we make sure we are being obedient and growing and benefiting from the great right relationship we have in Jesus Christ. The wicked cannot stand, but the righteous will before him. So there's a blessing by being in right standing with God. God will reward us with everlasting life. He rewards us with a relationship with him. He rewards us by showing us his grace and his mercy and forgiving us of our sin, removing our shame, removing our guilt, removing our pain. The Lord already knows what's in our heart. We don't have to fool him. We just have to submit to him. We have to confess to him. We have to repent to him. And hallelujah, he will guide us and show us where he wants us to be. The righteous steps of the righteous man is ordered uh, by God. Let him order your steps and guide you into your direction. Believe in the Lord and be filled with the living water. John 7, 8 says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Christ is our foundation. Christ is our living water. And so may we stand on him. May we thirst for him and drink from him. And may we see fruit in our lives because of him. So make the decision to continue to grow. Continue to trust in Christ. Continue to benefit in your life. And go and work out there in the kingdom. Let the world see that God is love. He is grace. He is mercy. Because they will see it in your actions. They'll see it in the positions you stand. 
the stances you take in life. They'll see by the words you speak, followed by your actions. Let us demonstrate to others that we want to change our environment by speaking truth and addressing truth and attacking truth. May we be advocates for righteousness for the kingdom's sake. And thank God for Jesus saving us so we might come to know him and know the blessed, the blessedness and the relationship we have to him and to walk in righteousness. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you, God, for the blessings of the righteous. And Father, we're desperate uh, to walk in obedience according to your will. Forgive us for times of God. We've made it about us. We've been selfish. Uh, we've been prideful. We have allowed our ego to get the best of us. But Father, we want to walk in obedience according to your will. We want to have your word hidden in us that we might not sin against you. Help us, O oh God, to Meditate on your word day and night. Help us, O oh God, to trust you more than we have before. Help us, O oh God, to further believe in you, stand on you, and thirst after you, desire after you. And we thank you, Lord. You will fill us up. Uh, you will refresh us. You will restore us. You will strengthen us. And most importantly, Almighty God, you call us your children, and we are waiting for you to come back again. But until that time, may we continue to build for your kingdom and serve you with faithfulness, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, sharing this message time with us. If you've been encouraged by this, please share this link. Uh, continue to check on Zion's website or download our app and you can stay connected and also able to continue to give your offering online. And before I sign off, uh, the one just wish a very happy birthday to my wife and I love you. Look forward to seeing you later on this afternoon. Thank you for all you do. Thank God for you. Design my members. Thank God for you. God bless you. Until we meet again, know that Jesus loves you, and so do I. Until we meet again.